Welcome back to the California Work Comp Report for this final installment in our series, Navigating Change, Accountability, and Culture Shift in Healthcare. We join Mr. Phil Walker Esquire and Dr. John Alchemy to cap off this series with the type of things that win cases in the experience of Mr. Walker and a few other tips for anybody who might need to communicate with somebody regarding something troublesome happening in their workplace. But I want to go back to what you were talking about, the preamble you gave. The fear of retribution is a really big issue Mm -hmm. in these cases. And I'm going to say something about doctors that you may not like. In my entire career of representing airlines, schools, Um, shipyards, steel mills, medical facilities, hospitals. The, uh, uh, yeah, the people who treat each other the worst in my experience are doctors with other doctors. Hmm. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Hmm. Um, First, uh, I think it's because of how how much how many years in education of competition they have gone through okay yeah with mm-hmm. each other um second i think it's the god complex which mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about yes my mother is 93 and when i say to her mom we need to ask the doctor about this she goes no we don't ask the doctor any questions the doctor knows exactly what he's doing and everything he says is right and that's what I call the doctor is God complex. Sure. And when that happens, doctors get, they don't, a lot of times don't like to be questioned. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doctors also, um, they, some of them, the ones who don't want to practice medicine want power. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what they always gravitate to is the power positions in the organization. Interesting. Always. Um, And anyway, they feel threatened. But all I can tell you is my observation is this. There are two groups who do not treat each other well. And don't think I'm singling you out. The first group is doctors. And I think it's because of all the years of competition they've had with each other. The second group is lawyers. (laughs) Think about this. You send lawyers to school for three years and you teach them to fight. Okay. To fight with other people. And then you put them in a law firm. You put a hundred of them together and you say, get along with each other. (laughs) But what it's really like, is like a pot full of crabs. Mm -hmm. And a friend once said to me, you know what law firms are like? I said, what? He said, have you ever gone hunting for crabs in Louisiana? I said, no, I've never gone hunting for crabs. And he said, well, do you know that when you hunt for them, you don't have to put a lid on the bucket you take? I said, why? He said, because when you put crabs in the bucket, one of them tries to crawl out. The others will pull him down. And so I say, pull him back in. And they all go to their death as a Mm -hmm. result of this. And so I say lawyers often are crabs in a bucket. And Mm -hmm. let's just say our cousins, the doctors, are often crabs in a bucket, too. (laughs) 
Oh, people well, will be a little surprised when I share when I share that that my view may not be so positive about both groups, but um, that's from dealing with them for forty one years. <laughs> so, Phil, on on the way out here, um, I wanted to walk through a couple of questions for you that you can uh, help us out with. And that's, um, I mean, employees do not get the correct education about how to handle these workplace problems that come up. And they're, you know, I think often feel at a disadvantage um, because they just don't have the knowledge. They don't have the procedural understanding of what happens. But I was hoping you could kind of walk us through, give us just a couple of bullets. One, how does an employee become aware that they're in an environment that um, may be hostile or difficult to deal with or have a bad, bad HR presence. Two, how, and importantly, how does that employee, once they they become aware of that, how do they address this? Do they come forward and, and put their complaint in what's known as the job suicide box outside of <laughs> HR? Or do they get an attorney? Or how do they do this? And then three, advancing some type of complaint. And four, which you hope happens is that once someone sees someone stand up and do the right thing and start to get some traction, other employees start to come forward. So I wanted to know your your thoughts on this and just walk us through through that process. I'm going to do this backwards, actually. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to teach you the four principles of winning any case. Okay. And then I'll come back to how you use these. Perfect. Ultimately, these disputes, if they are not resolved successfully in the in the workplace, okay, mm -hmm. are going to be resolved by some decision maker, whether it is um, an arbitrator, a workers' comp judge, some some inside group that decides these things like when you have unionized workplaces there are committees with employer representatives and and union representatives and they hear everything and to succeed you know the following you need to know the following three things uh the first is what i call the judge wapner rule if okay. you ever used to watch the old people's court show, you could always <laughs> I could always tell who was going to win within the first three minutes. Judge Wapner would walk in and he would sit down and he would say, I have read each side's papers and he'd hold up the plaintiff's papers and he'd hold up the defense and whoever's papers were thicker won. Always. 100% of the time. So what you do is you build paper. Whoever has the most paper wins. And when I was house counsel for U.S. Steel, the Human Resources Department used to use this expression. When they wanted to get rid of someone, they would say, we're building paper on him. We're building paper on him. Mm -hmm. And they could write up violations and the file would get bigger and bigger and bigger. Sure. Well, the injured worker can use that technique himself or I herself. Uh-huh. And it succeeds. Second, the second rule of winning a claim is the Judge Judy rule. Mm -hmm. If you ever used to watch Judge Judy, here's what she would do. She would say to the plaintiff, tell me a story. And the plaintiff would tell the story. She'd say to the defendant, tell me your story. 
and the person would say it. And then she'd look at someone in the courtroom and she'd go, who are you? And that would be a witness. Uh -huh. say, what do you know about this? And mm -hmm. the witness would come forward and speak. <laughs> and whoever had the most witnesses mm -hmm. who testified on their behalf, who had nothing to gain from what happened in the case, what we call disinterested witnesses, yeah. meaning people who would not gain from the result, whoever had the most of those always won. <laughs> always. So those are the Judge Wapner rules. Whoever has the most paper wins. Mm -hmm. two, whoever has the most disinterested witnesses wins. Why? And now let me tell you the, the third and fourth rules. Yep. Number three. You want to always position yourself as the reasonable person. Mm -hmm. So that any decision maker or person who hears the case says, here's the claim or the argument says, wow, Dr. Alchemy was really reasonable. In fact, he was more patient with this than I would have been. Mm -hmm. okay? Right. And um, decision makers like that. When people are reasonable, it's it's. Do you know how um, how we all respond? Uh, let's say you're a waiter, okay, yeah. and you get one of these incredibly entitled people, mm -hmm. and the person says they've eaten three quarters of their steak, and then they call you over and go, "The temperature wasn't right here, uh -huh. okay, <laughs> or my napkin wasn't folded exactly the way I want." Mm -hmm. Or this was regular salt and I wanted pink Himalayan, but they uh -huh. never asked you for that. <laughs> what we call an entitled person. Uh -huh. People don't respond to entitled people well. Okay. Respond to someone who is reasonable. So you always want to be reasonable in your approach rather than going ballistic and screaming at the employer. But now I'm going to share the most important thing. This is who you go to for a solution. Yeah. The truth is that in many, many organizations, the people as you rise that you deal with as you're going up the, through the ladder with a problem, they don't care. They have no decision-making authority anyway. And all they want to do is just get this problem off their desk. Okay? Right. So I know this is going to sound strange. You've got to think to yourself, who is the person in this organization that I know who cares? <laughs> who can help me? Let me give you an example. Say you are a medical assistant. Yeah. You are being sexually harassed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Say you're a female and mm -hmm. it's a male sexually harassing you. Probably the smartest thing, uh, of course, you'll file your claim with human resources. Okay. Um, I would recommend going and talking to a female person at HR. But what I would say to myself is, I'm a woman. Who is the doctor above me? Who's a woman who will be most sympathetic to my position and willing to help me? I see. 
And that is the person that I would go to. Hmm. What I try to teach people is do not feel constrained by whatever route they tell you you've got to do. You've got to go from the lieutenant to the sergeant to the colonel to the major to the general. B.S. If the person you need to get to is the general, go straight to him and don't waste your time. You need to go to the person who can make the decision that is favorable to you. I see. And sometimes that is going to mean going directly to a worker's comp claim. Mm -hmm. Other times it is going to mean going to a senior person who is um, on your side, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, At other times, um, it is going to mean uh, standing in the picket line. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But all I'm trying to say about that is this. If you have an organization which is focused on not solving your problem, Mm -hmm. Okay. Perpetuating it, essentially. You have to think out of the box. Okay. Of how can I find the Achilles heel that will solve my problem for me? I'll teach you the final lesson I learned. Okay. My great legal mentor taught me. He said, do you know how you win a case? You find the opposing sides Achilles heel. And then you take a nail. And you hammer that nail into the Achilles heel until they collapse. And and I have I have never forgotten that. Mm. Let me just say this. Um, this is one of the most frustrating areas of employment where people are treated poorly at work, where the human resources department does not want to address it. And where people above want to cover it up. Mm. If you have that situation going on, here is what I recommend to you. Immediately file a workers' compensation claim. It is the most favorable forum you can go into. Mm -hmm. The employer will never see it coming. They will flip out. And you will normally be in front of judges who are on your side. And you will normally be evaluated by doctors who are on your side. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know that. They don't think about a worker's comp claim as retaliation or harassment. They think I lifted a box and hurt my back. That's work comp. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Phil, I want to thank you so, so much for uh, joining us. It's always great to have you. Um, I always get great feedback on the podcast that you do. Um, you've been referred to as the Oracle of California work comp by some people. <laughs> well, I don't know. You get called an Oracle when you've just been around a really long time. <laughs> Regardless, you're always informative, entertaining, um, never, uh, never a dull moment with your interviews. If people want to get in touch with you, have a question for the Oracle, Phil, how do they sure. do it? The simplest way to do it is to email me, Phil. Mm-hmm. P-H-I-L at ask, A-S-K, Phil, P-H-I-L, Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R dot com. 
and I will usually get back to them in about um, two days. Just depends on how many um, cases I'm working on and how uh, how many emails I have got. But I always respond. You can count on that. And I'm happy to help them in any way I can. All right. Thanks again. And until next time, appreciate you, Phil. Thank you. Okay. I talk to you later. Appreciate it. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how power can be misused in the workplace, visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com. And to learn more about RateFast, the Workers' Compensation Impairment Report solution, visit rate-fast.com. And hey, if you have any questions or comments about the California Work Comp Report, send us an email at caworkcompreport at rate-fast.com.